Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free 31-page PDF. You get that for subscribing via email. I've also got access to some nursing pharmacology questions that I've thrown together as well. Uh, Absolutely free to you too. So again, go check that out at reallifepharmacology.com. All right, let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is Fosinopril. This medication, as you can maybe tell by the ending, is an ACE inhibitor. Now, if you remember what ACE stands for, it's angiotensin-converting enzyme. Ultimately, by blocking this enzyme with an ACE inhibitor like Fosinopril, we can prevent the formation of angiotensin II. Angiotensin II is a potent vasoconstrictor, vasoconstrictor. So reducing angiotensin II ultimately leads to lower blood pressure, which is indeed what uh, Fosinopril, or brand name Monopril, is used for. So usages, uh, hypertension, usual dosage range I've seen in practice is 10 to 40 milligrams. I've probably seen 10 and 20 milligrams most commonly, but um, can go up to to 40. Uh, Package insert does allow up to 80 milligrams per day. I can't say I've seen that very often in practice, um, but it is uh, something to consider in patients maybe where uh, we don't have uh, other alternative blood pressure medications that we can use. Uh, maybe you'd consider pushing the dose as long as they were tolerating it there. And then heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, it is approved for that as well. And uh, we're going to try to target higher doses if we can, specifically uh, up to 40 milligrams. Um, generally, we don't go up to 80 milligrams for uh, the target dose of, of heart failure, just because I don't believe that has been studied, if that's uh, correct in my recollection. So heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, we do want to target 40 milligrams if possible. But of course, you've got to keep in mind Adverse drug reactions, the higher we go, the more likely that is to occur. And certainly blood pressure is going to be something we're going to watch closely. Uh, In my geriatric patient population, pushing ACE inhibitors or uh, the ARNI, for example, Secubitril Valsartan, that can lead to some significant hypotension and the increased risk for falls. So it's something we definitely got to proceed cautiously, I think, with that taper up on blood pressure lowering medications, Um, but we do want to try to get to that target dose as long as they're tolerating it and not getting too dizzy. Uh, Dosage forms, there's 10, 20, and 40 milligram tablets. Uh, There is a combination, I believe, with hydrochlorothiazide as well. And then adverse drug reactions. So I alluded to the blood pressure thing. Uh, If we're using it for heart failure, we've got to watch blood pressure closely, make sure we're not dipping too low. Uh, and then obviously if you're using it for hypertension, the goal is to get the blood pressure down, uh, but certainly we could run the risk of getting it down too far if patients lose weight, implement lifestyle changes, add on other medications, 
uh, it could dip a little bit too far in some cases. All right, so other adverse effects. So ACE inhibitors, chronic cough. You've got to remember that. I've seen it overlooked numerous times in practice where a patient presents. They're like, yeah, I've kind of had this nagging cough for a month or two. I just can't seem to, to get rid of it. I feel fine. Otherwise, generally, uh, it is a not gunky cough, uh, for lack of a, a better term there. Uh, patients typically aren't coughing up phlegm or any, th- any third sort of stuff like that. So it is a dry cough, uh, whereas, you know, gunkier type of cough is typically associated with some, some type of uh, bacterial or potentially viral infection. What I look for is if I see patients that are taking chronic cough medicines, uh, those type of patients immediately signal a red flag to me to look at their medication list and make sure they're uh, not taking an ACE inhibitor. Or if they come to you asking for cough medicine and you've seen them ask for it a couple times uh, recently, that's that's probably a good indication that they've got some chronic cough issues going on. Uh, and you definitely should ask them and take a look about uh, their medication list. All right, other adverse effects, hyperkalemia. So talking about potassium levels, getting up above five, five and a half or higher. Uh, that can certainly be a risk with facinopril. Uh, there are a bunch of risk factors associated with that as well, and certainly other medications, uh, which I'll talk about in the drug interaction section. Uh, but also patients uh, with CKD, for example, they're going to be at greater risk for hyperkalemia. Uh, generally, you're going to see those increases in potassium levels uh, within the first week or two but it doesn't always have to be that way. So we kind of continually monitor that over time. Angioedema is a risk. Uh, That's going to generally show up uh, upon initiation and or increase. Uh, So again, usually within the first, you know, one to two weeks of therapy, Uh, but there certainly have been reports of it occurring later on as well. Again, Less common that it's just going to show up when a patient's been on the med for three years um, versus when they're just starting. It's going to be much, much more common. Pregnancy. Absolutely have to know this warning. If you've got a patient, younger patient taking um, this type of medication and they become pregnant, uh, it is a huge risk for um, uh, to the fetus and obviously a risk of, of death for the fetus as well. So really, really important, and it's why you really don't see ACE inhibitors used in younger female patients in general, Um, but really, really important uh, thing to remember because I've certainly seen it come up in pharmacology and board exams uh, throughout my career without a doubt, so um, good one to remember there. Drop in blood pressure, I alluded to previously, not going to talk much more about that. Okay, um, kinetics, I want to talk a little bit about pharmacokinetics. Uh, and potentially genetics here. So first off, with pharmacokinetics, uh, it is actually hydrolyzed to an active metabolite called fosinoprilat, so basically an AT at the end uh, of the, the medication there. Uh, and it's not done by SIP enzymes or anything like that, so we don't really need to, to worry, stress about that uh, too much. Probably the biggest thing you need to pay attention to is it's eliminated in the feces and in the urine. 
So patients with really poor renal function, um, which is probably going to be a risk for um, acute renal failure as well and something we'd want to monitor closely if we started uh, this medication in somebody with uh, kind of the borderline poor renal function. Um, but it's important to, to pay attention uh, to renal function because this drug is also eliminated uh, partially at least uh, through the urine as well or the active metabolite is maybe I should say. So pay attention to that. Um, genetics patients, uh, black patients, may be at risk of non-response to ACE inhibitors in general. So if we're using it for blood pressure, a black patient may not respond as well as other patients. And then Fosinopril, just for what it's worth, uh, I don't think it really plays a clinically relevant role in the management of blood pressure or heart failure, Um, but it is much more lipophilic so you may get greater central nervous system penetration um, with fosinopril uh, compared to probably the most commonly used ACE inhibitor, which is uh, lisinopril. Monitoring parameters are going to be important with fosinopril. Uh, there is a risk that it can cause acute renal failure, and there's some medications uh, that can increase that risk that I'll talk about in drug interactions, uh, but we need to monitor that renal function. And in general, uh, I've, I've seen the percentages thrown around a, a 20 to 30% increase in creatinine, uh, may be indicative of the drug causing acute renal failure or causing, you know, that worsening kidney function. Um, so that, that's important to remember. And that's probably a situation where you're going to stop the drug and use something else if it goes above 20. Uh, maybe even th- uh, 30% is probably the most common cutoff line I've heard of as far as that rise in creatinine. So if you get patient going from, uh, they got a creatinine of 1, you start fisinopril and they go up to 1.5, uh, that's probably pretty concerning regarding the use of fosinopril. Obviously, you're going to look at that patient and see what else is going on besides starting that medication um, and, and make sure that, that there's nothing medical or anything else going on. Uh, but that is definitely something you need to look at if you see an increase like that. That would be an example of a 50% increase there. So um, pay attention to that renal function. If it gets worse as you start or increase the dose of lys- uh, of fosinopril, excuse me, um, definitely pay attention to that. And then, of course, uh, potassium, we're going to monitor. I mentioned hyperkalemia risk. And then, of course, blood pressure as well. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're a pharmacist in the market for pharmacist board certification study material like NAPLEX, Ambulatory Care, BCPS, BCMTMS, or the geriatric exam, go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. We've got a great list of resources there that can certainly help you pass your exam and get ready for it as well. So go check that out, uh, support the sponsor. Uh, if you're a med student, nursing student, nurse practitioner, uh, any other healthcare professional that has to work with medications and learn pharmacology, uh, go check out meded101.com slash store. We've got uh, tons of different books, resources, uh, drug interactions, case studies, so on and so forth. So um, go check that out, support the sponsor, uh, meded101.com. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. So first and foremost, 
I do want to mention ARBs. I have been asked that question, and I have seen it come up in clinical practice. So ARBs, a drug like Valsartan, for example, uh, they should not be used with an ACE inhibitor like fosinopril. Okay? There's increased risk for adverse effects like uh, hyperkalemia and acute renal failure so and angioedema, so don't use those together. Uh, in addition to that, we've got numerous other medications that can raise potassium levels, uh, trimethoprim, spironolactone, uh, heparin, calcineurin inhibitors. These can all exacerbate the elevation in potassium that is caused by fosinopril. So at a minimum, if you're adding on these drugs to a patient taking fosinopril, uh, you definitely need to monitor potassium levels. If they're already borderline uh, having elevated potassium, that might be an individual where we we look to do alternative medications uh, in uh, versus some of the ones that, that I mentioned there previously. Uh, other drug interactions you need to be aware of, uh, kind of additive effects here again, uh, is NSAIDs and diuretics. Those can increase the risk for acute renal failure. And when added on top of fosinopril, uh, that can kind of double that risk, so to speak, there. In addition uh, to the, the drug interaction risk, there are some risk factors for that acute renal failure that I, I forgot to mention previously. So elderly patients, that's right in my wheelhouse, they're going to certainly be more at risk for acute renal failure due to fosinopril uh, in combination with some of these other medications. Uh, patients with renal artery stenosis, patients with heart failure, uh, maybe hypotension or lower um, volume status where they're at risk for dehydration potentially, uh, certainly elevation in, in dose, and then obviously any pre-existing renal disease as well uh, will increase that risk of that interaction uh, causing acute renal failure. And then last but not least, I did want to mention um, blood pressure medications. So it's probably a no-brainer that amlodipine or hydrochlorothiazide is going to exacerbate the low blood pressure effect of fosinopril. Um, but some of the other drugs, uh, PDE5 inhibitors like sildenafil, for example, Parkinson's disease medications, uh, some of the uh, antipsychotics, for example, um, may have some blood pressure lowering effects. These are all meds that could potentially add on to that blood pressure lowering effect and obviously is something that we're just going to typically monitor for and it's not going to be a direct uh, contraindication. All right, well, I think that wraps up the podcast for today. Hopefully you picked up some clinical practice pearls. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, share us with friends, colleagues, listservs, uh, wherever you uh, find your healthcare professional friends and discuss uh, medication-related topics with them, uh, feel free to share this podcast. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And of course, go check out the library of books and courses at meded101.com slash store. We've got more and more resources there as we go along and as you uh, request things, uh, which I've certainly gotten uh, over time. And if you have a request, comment, concern about anything, uh, feel free to drop me an email, mededucation101 at gmail.com. I'm certainly not perfect. I don't get everything right 
all the time. And um, I appreciate your comments to uh, help help make me a better practicing pharmacist, which I love doing. So uh, with that said, uh, you can also track me down on LinkedIn, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. And I am going to sign off for today. Thanks again. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.